You're listening to Superhero Time. Well, it's not Monday night, but it's the next best thing. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll get going uh, as soon as I find my notes file. My notes file for editing purposes, not for, like, discussion guidance, because fuck that. Guidance? <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> we don't know the meaning of the word on superhero time. This is our <laughs> um, Netflix Defenders special. Uh, I'm here with Ken Peldon and Melvar. You do mean special, don't you? We're the most special. <laughs> but mostly you. See, if you're grading us on a curve, when Paladin's here with us, we become exponentially more special. Meanwhile, when Ken's here, we could become exponentially more in need of oil. <laughs> and when Matt's on the show, I mean, the asshole quotient just goes off the scale. Well, they should never allow you and I to be in the same place at the same time, first of all. And yet, every that, Wednesday... Asking for it, I mean... <laughs> every Wednesday for like three, four years now. I just don't get it. And how many conventions? Um, uh, what, four now? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was that one time we were like in a car together for 16 hours. <laughs> and then we hung out with Mickey for like three and a half hours and you know that's that's just like implosion level right there <laughs> the density of asshole in that situation is just like immeasurable the, the impact it had on the environment we'll be feeling the repercussions for years <laughs> and I believe the asshole quotient was magnified by the fact that we were trapped in Georgia at the time as well Oh, God, you poor bastards. <sighs> you see, Is that not true for Georgia? You see, Matt and I had just escaped from Georgia when we went to go see Mickey, and then Mickey drove us back into Georgia. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, that's just cruel. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who lives in Georgia. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, like, when Mickey takes me to Georgia, something interesting almost always happens. Like, the most recent time when I went to visit Mickey, um, we went to an antique mall in Georgia and found a five-foot-tall uh, wall hanging of Goldemar. Right. So, signed by Casey Biggs, no less. So, it's just like, yeah, going into Georgia kind of sucks, but then something amazing happens. It's just like, wow, that was almost worth it, wasn't it? Almost. Almost. But yes, we're here to talk about uh, the Defenders, the long-awaited, uh, you know, Netflix version of the Avengers that they've been building to for what three years? Three-ish. I don't even remember when Daredevil came out. Yeah, uh, fourteen. Wait, actually, four, fourteen sounds about right. That's fourteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, man, it was the it was the same um, year that Age of Ultron came out, and Daredevil turned out to be much much better. <laughs> Yeah, remember that, well, remember that quite vividly now. So many things turned out better than Age no of Ultron. Sense at the time. 
It's it did... okay. Josh, we- Josh Whedon will surely fix the Justice League movie. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he have to work on Batgirl first? No, he's he he. No, he's uh, Justice, League Justice League is yeah. Justice League is the first project. Oh, okay. Swell. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really think he could do a worse job with Batgirl right now than Bruce Tim did. Let him give him give him time. <laughs> you know that hold he can my prove beer. You wrong. You know that hold my beer meme. <laughs> yes. Just just wait for it. No, I can't wait for Joss Whedon's Justice League where everybody talks like Joss Whedon. Well, it's fine. Half the movie was already filmed by Zack Snyder. Oh, God. That's going to be a horrible mishmash. I can't wait! The only way it could be worse is if they were actively working together the whole time. It's going to be like the most bleak, cryptically dark, tragic thing with quippy lines back and forth between all the characters. Out of nowhere, out of character. All of a sudden, they just, everybody just kind of has this, the same voice. Writing wise. <sighs> it makes me really glad I don't watch those DC movies. I watched Wonder Woman. That's oh, all I needed to see. <laughs> I, I watched Wonder Woman. It was not bad. That one seems to be nowhere fucking near it. That one's yeah. a fluke so Until far, like the though. last ten minutes. It's kind of the exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah, so so far we've had two seasons of Daredevil. We've had Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Yeah. And, I mean, I would say we're batting a solid, what, maybe three-quarters average there. 35, Luke Cage kind of fell off a little bit towards the end, but was still worth it overall. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. did Daredevil's second season, really. Yeah. I'm getting slightly ahead of myself. I do think this this does help kind of smooth over some of Daredevil season two, though. I still don't have the problems everybody else seemed to have with Daredevil Season 2. But yeah, Luke Cage, there's there a good th- solid th- half of that show that just goes straight downhill. <laughs> yeah, th- there are things I love in Daredevil Season 2, mostly Frank. Yes. Um, <laughs> and w- any time that Matt actually got to act like a superhero. But then there was Elektra. But I think this kind of helped make me feel a lot better about that stuff. Which we'll get to. Yeah, I mean... Okay, uh, I mean, made the season should... all about Punisher. Yeah, when is the Punisher uh, series starting? That is after. Wait, that is that is in November or so, I think. Excellent. I don't think they've given an official date yet. They Something like that. It's, it's supposed to be this 17. fall. It's this fall, quote unquote. Um, then these Jessica... shows are getting a little more frequent in between then. And and then after that is Jessica Jones season two, which is still filming, I think. Then I don't know what after that. Exactly. Probably, probably Daredevil season three would be my that guess. That was yeah, that has been confirmed at least. And then Luke Cage season two, and then are they I even just... bothering with an Iron Fist season two? They are, yes. and I, 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 I do think that with what is set up in this, if they have a different showrunner, <laughs> there is a chance of you know kind of pulling that up from the gutter. Only there's a chance because completely throw out the entire first season. Well, there's no well, as we'll get to, there's no really no reason to care about the first season anymore after this. I suppose so. <laughs> so no, they they pretty much can do that. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna it say I think they'll have a new showrunner because apparently this guy's gone off to fuck up the Inhumans now. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, don't worry that that'll that'll be canceled well before there's time to do Iron Fist season two. That's what yeah. I'm worried about. 
<laughs> fuck up the Inhumans is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy anyway. Well, I like the... It seems like an especially talented sort of fuck up the Inhumans, though. Yeah, but I like the Inhumans. You know, the classic Jack Kirby stuff, but... Right, but this what about not... the TV show? I never yeah. give a rat's ass about the Inhumans, and I'm not about to start now. Well, they did include the one that actually matters, so that's okay. The dog? Yes. Lockjaw. Everybody needs more lockjaw. (laughs) (laughs) Put that that on your box, close. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to make intro quotes work for this episode, but if I can, that's Paladin's. So, um, for the sake of our listeners, obviously this episode is going to be full of spoilers for the entire series, so if you haven't watched all of Defenders yet, uh, put this on pause and go take, you know, six hours. We'll wait. (laughs) No, we're totally going to leave you behind, but you can always, you know, come back and listen later. We're not really that considerate. Not really. No. Not ever. (laughs) Not about starting now. I mean, why change the habits of seven years? Oh, God. <laughs> yes, I... Sobering, ain't it? I, I gave Fort Max an existential crisis with that yesterday. Oh, did you? Yeah. You should listen to uh, Superhero Time this week. That one episode oh, starts back. <laughs> we had Scott's oh, right wife on. on. Oh, boy. It turned out a lot better than you might think. Oh, uh, right on cue, there's a spoiler online now for Luke Cage Season 2. Oh? Oh, yeah, the arm. Oh, good. Thank God! (laughs) (laughs) Getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm not sure if I should say it yet. Well, I've I've never cheered more than when I saw somebody's arm chopped off than that it did then. (laughs) Like, we were sounds... so close. We were so close in Luke Cage season one. Right! We all we all thought for sure she was losing that arm. <laughs> yeah, they teased that one pretty hard and then reeled it back to, to the point that when it happened here, I was like, "Oh, hot damn! Finally!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could see it coming, but not see it coming. Well, no, you saw it coming as soon as she entered the fight with the guy with the swords. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was Jesus. that was. Thank you, thank you for finally maiming Misty Knight. <laughs> now she can have a bitchin' robot arm. <laughs> bitchin' robot arm is my cover band name. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that they that they, they 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 seem to be going you know whole hog with it because there's occasions in the Netflix shows when they seem a little bit embarrassed of what they're you know about. Uh, like in the deep. But then they deep fry Luke Cage. <laughs> yeah, see, they, they deep fry Luke Cage, and yeah. then you know Daredevil shows up. And... There's some back and forth there, like they deep fry Luke Cage, but then they also like pointedly make fun of his classic appearance, right? Within practically the same breath, right? And let's not dig up Diamond back again. Oh. Let's not. <laughs> oh, so terrible. And the thing is, Defenders presents uh, an alternative scenario that could have made the back half of Luke Cage better. Um, where instead of Diamondback, you make the big bad for the series be um, uh, White Hat. 
Uh-huh. And, you know, you yeah. actually tie Luke Cage into the whole the hand stuff before he comes into the Defenders. Instead of just kind of stumbling into it because Claire's there. Well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> kind of like... I mean, I love that Rosario Dawson is the connecting factor for all of it. Because Rosario Dawson is awesome, but yes. Yes, okay. that's pretty okay, much the reason. Nice. Who, um, else was, who else was totally expecting her to die in this? I, mean, I actually wasn't, because... I thought for sure she would be, like, the catalyst for them to finally come together. <laughs> the Coulson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they they needed the push. Oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> they needed somebody to defend. <laughs> like, the, the proof of how bad that was the plot element in Avengers in the first place is shown by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. First Order of Business being like, well, he's back with no explanation. They did eventually explain it. Yes, but how long did they make you wait for it? Uh, halfway through the first season. You know, like, bringing him back the way they did, where he's there from the first moment, and it's just, you know, business as usual, that kind of shows, yeah, we kind of did a bad there. Yeah, that's that, that's what you call wasting, op- that's what you call wasting potential. <laughs> yeah. That's what you call a bad Joss Whedon writing trope. Yes! <laughs> Who's going to get just? Okay, so where do we want to actually start with this? Well, on the subject of bad villains and bad final acts, let me give my uh, biggest complaint with this series out of the way first, and that's, why the fuck was Sigourney Weaver even here? Uh, to be Sigourney we're doing spoilers, Weaver. right? Right. To die so Elektra could be the villain? <laughs> Basically, uh, in name recognition, I mean, I like some stuff with her character. Okay. Well, story-wise, yeah. what did she do that, say, Madame Gao couldn't do? Okay. She, nothing wore, at all. she they wore wanted some... to reuse Madame Gao in the future, so they had to come up uh, with somebody else for Electra to bump off. Okay, I'll tell, you what because... Sigourney Weaver's, I'll tell you what Sigourney Weaver's purpose is. It was to okay. wear those fly-ass, shiny gold pants. <laughs> I mean, and do a judo flip in them. I, I mean, yeah, I get you. <laughs> and, and to call someone a baka. <laughs> that, 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 in a show that ends with uh, dragon fossils underneath New York, that was oh, like the mo- that, that was like the most um, strenuous thing about my you know suspension a bit of disbelief. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver speaking Japanese. Uh huh. <laughs> I like that. The, I like that that guy spoke Japanese all the time, but everybody understood him. But everybody else spoke English. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing they got a Japanese actor who just doesn't really speak English. Yeah, I don't really know. Um... Are, they, are they, they? I don't know. They just wanted to make sure they had one really, really Japanese guy in the, the Ninja Clan. And I mean, they had already killed Nobu. So. Uh-huh. I could see times. I could see times. I could see from in universe like they've all been around each other long enough that they probably have all picked up each other's native languages where applicable. Probably, yeah. And uh Japanese dude whose name I've completely forgotten is just asshole enough to be like, No, I'm just gonna speak my language. You <laughs> all just kinda you know, put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my own man. <laughs> Oh no, he. I thought, I, like you, I don't really remember his name because I don't remember when it was spoken. 
But um, I did like him. He had kind of some charisma for somebody that was just introduced in this and then died. <laughs> I really felt like he was just there because they had already killed Nobu and were like, oh, shit, we need a fifth member. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Also that. Nobu would have been a more natural fit to this, I think. But yeah. Kind of like, kinda like the as Legion a, of Doom in the past series. And a pre-established character. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree fully. It couldn't got, have been yeah. that hard to find a second way to bring people back from the dead. Yeah, because I mean, you got somebody from Iron Fist. You got you got Madame Gal. So his head back on and dip him in the blood of the dragon again. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got Electra, and then you have this dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was kind of hopeful at some point along the way when they said that uh, dude from Iron Fist. Uh, was dead the last time they uh, saw him. Uh, 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 uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I was hopeful that they were just going to be like, okay, so there actually is only four of us now, and, you know, not bring him back. Like, that's, you know, their first step toward the whole thing coming apart. But no, then they had to bring him back. But on the other hand, he chopped off Misty's arm, so all was forgiven. I mean, yeah, he served <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, he... when, they, when they said that he was dead last time they saw him, I expected Stick to call them all morons and... <laughs> <laughs> Well, what else is? New? Haven't you been paying attention? <laughs> no, I understand. I kind of shocked when I looked it up and realized that's the guy from Revenge of the Fallen. Which guy from Revenge <laughs> of the Fallen? Recognize that. But um, no, Stick was the Coulson. Only everybody hated him. <laughs> oh, I loved Stick. He was great. <laughs> oh no, I love Stick. I'm just talking about the cast. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Like, like, like he, you know, he's chained up, you know, being tortured, about to be killed. He just chops off his hand. It's fine. <laughs> he chops off his hand. Shimmy's out of a shimmy's out of a ventilation shaft. It's cool. His death scene would have been so much better if Electra just impaled him, and then everybody just like stood there and looked at each other, and went like, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of an asshole." And... <laughs> well, I mean, of course Matt's gonna be mad, but everybody else. Eh... No, you know. no, Matt can't be mad if Electra did it. Because, you know, she's good inside. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah, she she gets a free pass. You know, <laughs> she kills many people she wants. As long as that, he gets through to her. You know, now, I, 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 I like Electra a lot more in this than I did in Daredevil. Even though neither is really um, comics Electra in any way, shape, or form. Um, except, you know, just like some base level stuff. She wears red and has size, and it's kind of a ninja. Uh, <laughs> can I start a petition that she's not in Daredevil season three, please? Just it it, it, br- it brings out all the worst parts of Matt's character That's in a way. The point of the character. Oh sure, it is, but in a way that I don't want to see a whole other season of. Yeah, I can agree with that aspect at least because Electra is what made Daredevil season two be substantially less good than season one and also substantially less good than the first arc of season two and it also contributed to the character assassination of Matt Murdock in the Defenders. Well I, I again though I do think that Matt and Electra are both better here than they were in that. Electra definitely is. Electra's presence was not irritating to nearly the same extent as in season two of Daredevil. Um, no. I think they were more focused in what they were actually doing with her, which helped a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas in Daredevil season two, she seemed to mostly be there just to be the monkey wrench in Matt's life. Yes, basically she was meant to be the bad influence that led him astray. Well, yes, but her her presence was so unfocused in Daredevil season two in the course of doing that that it just felt like she wasn't really contributing anything more than the plot device. Whereas you know, although his Although he kind of just drifted off in the last episode or so, um, Frank's plot was a lot more focused. Yeah, like it, it had a beginning, it had a middle, it had an end, and an epilogue. And then he, he knew and what it, it wanted to do. And then he showed up to shoot some ninjas in the head, which was just awesome. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of surprised we didn't actually get a cameo from Punisher in the Defenders. I wasn't expecting one. It, it wouldn't have really fit. I mean, it feels like to me they made this eight episodes because they were already, already running into cost problems producing this. Well, it was all—it was always designed as eight episodes, I think, from the out, from the beginning when they first announced all this. Whole yeah, I—I I think like I don't know if they had looked at problems with like Luke Cage and Iron Fist or not, where there were just way too many episodes for story. Because yeah, I, I think Jessica Jones is back to thirteen episodes, so oh, and so is Punisher. I definitely think the shorter season was to its benefit, though. It definitely took oh, it. absolutely was, because, because like, it moves. <laughs> like, the first episode kind of drags a little bit. Oh, the first episode is terrible. <laughs> um, it's, like, it's it's kind of all over the place, but it wasn't it, bad. It, if you kind of just look at it as, like, it, it, like, you know, just kind of setting all the pieces on the table. If they could have run it's, that it's, by it's, itself it's, as some kind of prequel special that wasn't part uh-huh. of the actual block of episodes allocated to the Defenders, mm-hmm. that would have been better, I think. Yeah, I don't the, know the, the, how functionally they would have been able to do that, but like it doesn't feel like it's actually part of the series. It's just like the the lead-in chapter. Cuz like it's not until episode 2 when anybody actually interacts pass. You know what like, I will... like, like like the most you have is like Foggy and Luke at the beginning. Yeah. But I will give Netflix credit for having the balls to have the first character you see be Iron Fist. <laughs> well, okay, in fairness, in fairness, you have to have to put this out there. They were almost done filming Defenders when Iron Fist came out. So they had no concept of its perception as an actual critical perception when when they actually made these, the majority of the show up until the last episode. And Colleen was there, too, so that kind of offsets it a bit, I think. Yeah, no, I, no, she's pretty I, terrible, I, I, too. I, I like Colleen's stuff in this. And, and full disclosure... I did not watch through Iron Fist. I tried watching an episode, and I and I and I made and, I, and I, I came to a decision. If I continued watching it, the stuff I actually liked out of Dandy and Colleen and Defenders, I would start to hate. <laughs> we did warn you, in all fairness. Yes, you did, and I and I and I and I and I, and I got partway into the first episode, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to do this. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. You know treat, what? I, my, I'm gonna, my friends actually have my best interest at heart, after all. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna treat friends. it like I do, like like a common writer crossover where it has somebody a, a, a series I like and a series I don't like, and just ignore the the actual series that I don't like and not have to worry about it. Well, here's a way to look at Iron Fist. So with Daredevil season one, several of us were eager to get together and talk about that for a podcast. 
Daredevil season two, we wanted to, but scheduling problems made it take too long, yeah. and it wasn't relevant anymore. By the time we actually could have, so we had to by skip time, that. By, by, by that by that time, it was like, oh wait, Luke Cage is about to come out. Um, we were <laughs> all about talking about Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Nobody even suggested doing an Iron Fist podcast. No, I I, I feel like it was breathed once. In an at mention on Twitter, and then it was just I, like, yeah, it was probably me then somebody saying. Somebody actually watched an episode of Iron Fist. That was probably <laughs> me saying, yeah, I have no desire to podcast about this. I believe that was right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know at um, what point in that I decided that this was not worth podcasting about, but that decision did happen, and I'm sure I mentioned that on Twitter. But, like, the thing about this, and I was eager to talk about this, is because it's definitely flawed. And it's not really, like, about any specific, like, you know, deep theme like some of the other seasons of these shows are. Mm-hmm. It's just these four people against a bunch of immortal ninjas, and that's kind of okay once in a while. <laughs> when you break it down to that sentence, you know, these four people against a bunch of immortal ninjas, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also works. It also works in the overall narrative that we've built so far. In that, okay, this is the wrap up of the confrontation with the hand. There's Thank nowhere God, else for that to go. Please yeah. be the wrap up. Uh, I'm done. I'm done for a while. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. So like, they by the an end... army of ninjas and made it boring. <laughs> well, actually, okay. Here's the thing that redeemed the hand for me in this show. It's the it's the scene where. Uh, Danny goes to confront them, and the boardroom he's scene? in the boardroom, and they shut the doors, and every member of that boardroom is he's a, a fucking ninja. ninja. <laughs> yes, that was. And so, I, I, and so I'm thinking to myself, is this just everybody in the company? Is the lunch lady a ninja? Is the janitor a ninja? <laughs> okay, so that was the moment in the series where I was like, okay, I am all in for this. Because that was and the that was Cage bust through, yeah. With, right? The music changes, and you know everybody just starts kicking ass left to right. And, yeah, you know, I mean good. that that is where the concept of the defenders was really sold. Like it took it until episode three to actually get there, but once it did, it was on, and it just kept coasting on that momentum the whole time. Yeah. That that being said, in that scene when you know they Luke bust through the door and they shoot him. And then he and Iron Fist both turn towards the camera at the same time, and Iron Fist lights up the hand. That's the moment they had me. You know, regardless of how I feel about Iron Fist, like, live-action power game Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, and, and, and like, it helps that the action direction in this is a lot better than anything I've seen in Iron Fist. Um, the (laughs) action, the the action director of this, uh, what was his name? He, um, played the, he was in Kamen Rider Dragon Knight. He's actually been working on Marvel TV shows such as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. He played the, what, was it, was Kamen Rider Knight, just called Kamen Rider Knight here? I forget. Wing Knight. Wing Knight, yes. Uh, I think that's the guy. Okay, so he was the uh, action director. Action for this? director, I believe. If I'm thinking of the right guy, yeah, it was. Um, he was the action director for this. Interesting. Action choreography. Uh, but he's been, he's been doing good work here and there on uh, Agents of Shield uh, for a few seasons um, before this, mm-hmm. and they pulled him from that to this. Good choice, I would say. Yeah, and I feel like my earlier common writer um, uh, example, you know. The it's relevant there. It, it, it feels a lot like, you know, one of Toei's uh, crossover movies. 
Except, you know, one of the good ones. <laughs> well, it, it, okay, it kind of feels like that, except that, you know, unlike where that has to be resolved within 90 minutes, this actually had right. room to flesh out the whole concept, so... Right, right. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with that, though. Um, No, like, that. yeah, that the boardroom scene was really the the first super strong point in this like luke busting in through the wall out of nowhere was kind of a non sequitur uh like there was nothing just, establishing just, him going there right and just the way the music changes then and it's like okay yeah there, there <laughs> I mean, was there was something to establish him going there well okay when... i misspoke there's nothing yeah, establishing right. him arriving and getting up there right. like i was just about to say i feel cheated that i did not get to see the process of him going from the ground floor to the boardroom because there probably was several more broken walls in that process. Well, yeah, and, and, and it's like, you know, Matt had a sneak, you know, snuck his way up there while Jessica just kind of stumbled in afterwards. And I have to wonder, she, she, was, she was just wandering through the holes Luke made. Like, oh, I thought that, that was actually magnificent, the way Luke or uh, Matt was, like, jumping over janitor carts and running up flights of stairs. And he finally gets all the way up and the elevator just opens up and Jessica strolls out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that this managed to keep the individual style of each character intact, even in the group scenes. Like, there was no yeah. compromise at any point, I didn't think, where it's like, okay, this person has to adjust how they are in order to be able to be compatible with the other three in terms of, like, staging a fight scene or whatever. No, they kept to their types. Yeah. It, it was and, really and I, well I, done I also felt like... Um... Outside of the fact that I think that they probably leaned hardest on uh, Matt for, you know, focus. Other than that, everybody felt like they kind of, you know, got, all got their places to shine a little bit. Yeah. Um, it like Yeah, because of Elektra, I think it is fair to say that Matt felt like he had the most direct focus in this. But Jessica was also a really strong player. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of that, too, is just owed to the fact that they had two really specifically character-focused seasons, so there was more, I think, into knowing how to write them into their situations, and they got good actors in those roles, too. I'm not saying, like, uh, Luke well, Cage is not oh, well-acted, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. um, but... Iron Fist isn't. No, he's not. <laughs> I, th I, no. Think, I think he did a lot better here than he did with uh, Iron Fist, and it goes to show that when you have something to work with, it can help. A lot. Apparently, the one thing he seems to be good at is chemistry with Luke Cage. Which, hey, yes, I which mean, is important. That is important. Just, just put them. Yeah, my, I, like I would not. I would not mind if he just kind of pops up in Luke Cage season two and vice versa. Say, put the two of them together in a show and just let Mike Coulter do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, you know, figurative, figuratively and literally. I mean, <laughs> no, like no, seriously, like a Heroes for Hire concept in the Netflix universe would work fine. Because you've already got Luke saying, you know, I just want to go and help the neighborhood, you know, help the help the city a little bit, but also not having any way to support himself in the process. Danny has all the money in the world and can literally <laughs> pay Luke to just go out and do good. And I would actually be fine with Danny if they would lighten him up. Yeah, because and you know what could lighten him up, lighten him up pretty well, a season with Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I do think that that might be headed in that direction if they kind of hold to where it was at the end, where it almost felt like they were kind to trying to give him a push towards where he might, you know, be sort of 
you know, these more superhero Iron Fists. The way that he, it ends off in his last scene. Okay, so the problem, the, uh, the, the problem no, I have with that, the costume, though. The problem I have with oh, yeah. that is that I think the circumstance of that last scene is only going to make him more intense. It's not going to loosen yes. him up. Maybe yeah. that's true. Because that Matt is, pushed... going, he's going to be on his vendetta to avenge his friend, almost Daredevil. Well, <laughs> and it's more than that too. Like Matt specifically put the weight of New York on Danny's shoulders in the last moment they had together, and you know Danny's personality already is like, okay, this is the last request from my comrade. I have to carry this out. That's true. You know, but it's Danny it's going to make odd... him worse, not better. Danny was an odd choice considering every team member kicked his ass at some point in the show. <laughs> Worst Iron Fist ever. How many times did they actually put that in the dialogue? So his own show. I, I will say, though, it, it did feel like towards the middle of the show, Dandy was the one that had the the most right idea until, up until the point where they realized, oh, wait, we need to you know lock you down. Um, where he was like, you know, maybe we should just like Worked together, and everybody else like <laughs> no. <laughs> Jessica Jones had some of the best reactions in the series. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, she's just built for good reactions. Yeah. yeah, her whole series was good reactions, and I like that they got in uh, like the immediate supporting cast too, even if just for uh, you know a couple episodes worth each. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. is it is it just me or has Ranger series Red been hitting the gym hardcore? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was interesting too. He got like um, pretty high up billing in the credits, like as you know, a series regular. Even though he was only there for like three episodes, that's still almost half a series. <laughs> uh, well, it just like I don't think all the other supporting cast did. Did they? I don't. I'm not sure. I didn't really sure. notice to be honest. I think, I think Elden Vincent it... did at one point or another. I think his name just sticks out to me because of... Because we recognize um, it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> no, I no, I did like that they brought back in the supporting cast for a little bit of involvement. That kind of tied their worlds together a little bit more, too. Uh, uh-huh. Even if most of it was just sitting in a police station. <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? But there was that one... Okay, so the scene in the bar the first time Matt and Foggy got together was shot really weird where for a lot of it it felt like the actors were not actually together in the same place at the same time. I mean, well, you never tell. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly possible, but then at the end of that you had one where it looks fairly clear that they actually are in one place together, and I just don't understand why they shot it that way if both of them were on set at one time. I mean, it could they have been wanted, like they just wanted some close-ups, or it could have been pickups after the fact, even. Um, but yeah, okay, awesome. so on this line of thought, there was something that really bothered me in those first couple of episodes, which is that they <laughs> color coded every damn scene. I, I think I think the thing that that makes that not work for me is then they kind of just forgot about that once they all kind of showed up in the same scene. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, when you have all four of them in one place together, what are you going to do? Like, do swaths of color over where right. they're standing? Uh, but, like, you know... So that, 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 that just kind of makes it even more weird. You know, the fact you go, that it just kind of disappears. You go from everywhere Matt goes being cast in red to Luke's bright golden sunny skies uh, and, you know, Jessica's washed out blue and then Danny. It kind of says something about Iron Fist that all of his scenes were just neutral. 
<laughs> he doesn't get a special color. He's just normal. I think they meant for it to be green, but... Yeah, but that doesn't really play very well in contrast. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It's, like, it's like, neat concept, but uh, let's not do that But, again. I mean, seriously, like, at the point where you're actually sitting and watching this show about these four characters from, uh, you know, three years of doing this, you probably know who each of them are and what they're about without having to color code every scene they're in. Yes. And it especially bothered me because of the, like, really stark contrast between Luke and Jessica's scenes, which probably are not taking place all that far apart, but they no. look like they're completely separated from each other. Uh-huh. Like, that's working completely against the concept of all these people are existing in the same little space at basically the same time. Well, no, you don't go from, you know, blue to yellow to red over the course of 20 blocks. <laughs> That's not I'm sure really that's how... That's how New York works. <laughs> I mean, get enough neon, sure, you probably get that in Times Square. <laughs> One disappointment I had in a more general sense was that uh, nobody broke a sword across Luke Cage. Oh, man. Because, like, every time he went up against ninjas, I was just waiting for someone to try to slash or stab or something and to either break or bend a sword blade on him. Oh, and him just, you know, me or did glance... it seem like they kept forgetting just how strong he and Jessica are supposed to be at some times? I think he did swat away a sword or two in that in that big fight toward yeah, one the, of the end of the In one of the fights, but... he was parrying swords with his forearms, which is cool <laughs> enough. They didn't really call a lot of attention to that. Like, I really wanted just one direct scene of somebody trying to stab or slash him. Him look down at the now broken or bent sword and just, you know, looking back at the guy and shaking his head and punching him across the room. <laughs> Iron, Iron Fist did punch a sword into pieces, though. Yeah. That was pretty cool, actually. See, that That's a cool way to use that power. Yes. Take note. <laughs> whoever does Iron Fist Season 2. Well, I mean, my problem... Oh, they did a really neat shockwave effect with that once or twice, too. Like the... When he punched Luke and it knocked everybody back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, or when... It yeah. Or, or when, yeah. He fr- when he first punched Luke in the face with it. <laughs> <laughs> was a cute callback i thought i like i like the sequence before that too where uh danny's just doing like all his martial arts against luke and luke's just standing there like smacks him down to the ground <laughs> <laughs> well you know it, it, it is it is impressive at least that danny did not break anything in that scene luke was yeah, probably holding back i was kind of hoping for a you know deadpool versus colossus kind of moment there oh shit <laughs> No, they take themselves a little too seriously for that. No, my problem with Iron Fist was never really in the way the power worked. It was more in, um, I'm talking just in terms of how the fights were set up. Like, the choreography was not good. They cast someone who was not really, you know, an action-oriented person to be able to do that stuff without having to uh, do obvious blocking for a stunt double. You know, it was very um, Koichi Sakamoto, let's say. Ooh. Um, but it felt it did feel like they kind of there weren't any underage girls that I noticed. Shit, uh, it did feel like they kind of <laughs> probably gave him a little bit more um, hands-on uh, training on this for this. Which I think was part of the problem with Iron Fist One is the 
the casting schedule versus the shooting schedule is they had no time to prepare the actor for the kind of work he was going to be doing. Yeah. You're supposed to be the greatest martial, one of the greatest martial artists in the world. <laughs> be sure to always keep your forearm Shooting over your starts face. in the morning. <laughs> Have you ever thrown a punch? No. <laughs> Have you ever been punched? No. Do you know what a punch is? Um, is drink. Is it <laughs> Hawaiian punch? <laughs> I mean, yet that... at the same time, they obviously thought their uh, Iron Fist was going to be super popular because he's the spine of the story. Uh, uh, well, honestly, I th- they kind of set it up in a way that it was almost like we kind of have to him at this out point. Of show <laughs> no, it's, it's like we kind of have to at this point. Although at the point that they were doing this again, Iron Fist had not come out. <laughs> And really, it, like, does kind of, it does kind of work out because if you think about it, Iron Fist spends like half the series tied to a chair or strapped to a table. Yeah, he's not really like the the backbone of the show. He's the plot device of the show. They just don't explain that until almost the end. Yeah, the backbone is more um, Matt and Electra. <laughs> because yes. like up to a point, you do think like everybody else that um, Alexandra does just want to recruit the Iron Fist into the hand to work for her. Right. Not that they just want to use his power for one specific purpose and then probably kill him. Probably. Definitely. So how about that hand? As in the hand. Oh, I thought you were talking about stick. <laughs> I mean, we we <laughs> could talk about of... stick if you've got something you'd like or to, misty. you know, jump to. There's a, lot, there's a lot of hands going on around here, actually. <laughs> Getting a little handsy. Uh, so anyway. Uh, the hand. Um, I think I'm done for a while. Let Let's get some new villains, please. Yeah, I hope they're done with yeah. the hand, also. Yeah, it was good for this. Got a little tighter in Daredevil season uh, two, and I don't, I... I don't know how good it was for this. I felt like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones were really out of place in this story. A little bit. Okay, just, so they just kind of wandered into it. Yeah. So, like, that's. I'm sick of the hand too. Like, I think. Iron Fist made me feel like, yeah, this is way overused. I'm glad this tried to serve as like a wrap up to that where you're not going to be so much of a thing anymore. Hopefully, um, at the same <laughs> time though, like I was talking about earlier, like you could have totally tied Luke Cage into this more and probably made Luke Cage's show better by having uh, White Hat be White Hat. the back end villain and actually make the whole thing kind of fit together. You could have it end basically the same way. Um, the only problem with that, I think, would be that uh, Mariah and Shades would not be able to be so prominent in the back half of the season, which would be a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were just being manipulated by the hand, I mean, yeah, because yeah, they were just, they were being pushed around by Diamondback the whole time. I think literally a character swap wouldn't have hurt the story any. Yeah, there's... plus you don't, you, you, don't, you don't get the random. Oh, he's my brother. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. So you're it. saying it would be an improvement then? Yeah, yes. it would be. It would be a uh, white hat. Seems like a villain more fitting to the setting. Um, and, you know, being one of these ancient immortals probably could also put up a bit of a fight, even if he's not, like, powerful on Luke Cage's level. Or he could just do the same thing and get Luke sent back to prison and, you know, Luke Cage ends on a complete, well, we've lost note without even the, mm-hmm. we stopped Diamond back, everything's going to be okay for a few weeks. Right. Um. Like So, like, when I say that I was... Okay with it. I don't mean like it was the greatest thing, but it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> Before they got into the backstory, did anyone else think White Hat was from Wakanda? 
I didn't really give it that much thought. No, it didn't occur to me. Nah. Would have been interesting, though. It would have been a good lead-up to Black Panther. They, <laughs> I, they didn't I, specifically I, say he wasn't, did they? I, I think at this point, though, the timeline is kind of all sort of screwed up because we are still, like, um, like just after the um, incident. Come on, guys. Please. You have, you have like... I don't think I, they I, gave dude, any... I don't think they gave any time frame as to when the incident the incident yeah, happened. It, it, it just it just kind of feels like it like it doesn't feel like that much time has passed since Daredevil season one. Right, they all feel stuck immediately after the first movie still. And also in in accordance with that, by the way, you have a dude with a glowing hand and dragons underneath New York City. You can call it an alien attack. <laughs> <laughs> You can call them aliens. You can say a wormhole opened up over New York and aliens attacked us. That's an incident. They filled out the sure. incident report and everything. But that kind of goes to what I said is that sometimes I seem a little bit embarrassed about what it is. Just a tad. On I, the other hand, if this was supposed to be following in the time frame of the movie, it would sort of explain why they didn't say maybe we should just call the Avengers because this would be after Civil War so the Avengers don't really exist anymore. On the other hand, apparently uh, Spider-Man Homecoming says there's been eight years between Avengers and now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> they all take place in vaguely the same world. I don't think they're really concerned with where they fit into a timeline together. They're really not, but it drives people so crazy. It's great. I'm kind of glad that these are as far removed from the movies and stuff as they are. Like, it gives them a lot more freedom and flexibility. Keeps them lighter weight, too. They're not bogged down, you know, keeping strict continuity with the the movie side of things. Yeah, it's gotten to a point where, of course, they really can't because the movie and TV divisions are so separated now. Yeah. Um, but it's got it, it's like Agents of Shield like mentions like, well, that happened. Oh, anyway, let's go down with our own blot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in Iron Fist, it kind of felt like they changed the nature of what Madame Gao was, because originally in uh, Daredevil season one, it didn't seem like she was involved with the Hand directly. It did not like. Um... We got the impression that she definitely had something to do with Kun Lun. But yeah, she was just a, a drug dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in um, Daredevil season one, all of those other guy, other people that Fisk was working with, all of the distinct ones, it seemed like they each had their own operation. And one of those was the hand. And that was not the one Madame Gal was with. Right. No. Nobu and Madame Gal seemed to be on very different. Uh, Wavelengths? Very different sides, yes. I have to watch Daredevil Season 1 again, I guess, because I don't even remember any of their interactions. Well, it just felt like as Madame Gao continued to appear, they were kind of like retconning what she actually was about. Iron Fist made that the most obvious with just the flat-out admission that, yep, I'm the hand. And then, you know, having her locked in a room, because that <laughs> made total sense. And here, like, she seems to be kind of all over the map, too, because, like, initially she seems very, very subservient to Alexandra. But then a little bit later in, it's like she's plotting to kill her fairly actively. 
Well, it's yeah. they've they've even stated in the show that at various different points in history, they've all tried to kill each other at some point or another. Right. Right. So she could have just been acting nice just to kind of, you know. Alexander even went so far up. as to mention a previous coup, which Madame Gal herself had led. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to imagine. I think. At some point... I think at this point. I think at this point, Madame Gao just didn't want Electra to kill her, so <laughs> she was sucking up to the boss to her face and talking shit behind her back. But yeah, that sounds good, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I just. She's been the most inconsistent across the various series, which is kind of a shame because she was so awesome in Daredevil season one, and that just kind of slowly wore away as they started changing what she was. Well, same... She made like one or two appearances in season two as well. And, you know, she re- she remained fairly intact in that. Yeah, all she really was in season two was just like an ex- exposition delivery system. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, it was it pairing her and Jessica up in the fights for the most part was interesting. Yeah, uh. <laughs> Even Jessica even makes a mention at one point that like she's the only one who doesn't know karate. <laughs> and I mean even even with her enhanced strength, she seems to do awfully well against large groups of ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her her having enhanced strength and no particular uh resistance to damage. Yeah. But she can, you know, she can block punches and kicks and do judo throws just fine. Well, I mean, she can kind of sort of fly when the screenwriters remember it. I feel like she has some level of uh, damage, like you know. Well, she's um, she's definitely not bulletproof, which means she's not swordproof either. It's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, it might not be easy to cut look, her arm off, but you could do enough damage to immobilize an arm or a leg. Look, she's been in enough bar fights. <laughs> she can handle it. You know, she's better off than Misty Knight, but. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to figure out. I should have kept a running tally of how much of this series that Jessica spent drunk. All of it? <laughs> I think my favorite was when they were on the subway. <laughs> it's, it's, there's the, the bum asleep. It's been a hell of a week. <laughs> you just get that one person that glances at her and says nothing. <laughs> That's the subway. This probably happens all the time. Probably. Like, as far as I know, the first rule of the subway in New York is don't fall asleep on the subway. <laughs> don't leave that your beer don't leave sounds... your beer unattended. That sounds right. <laughs> don't leave your beer unattended on the subway while you sleep. <laughs> Important life lessons for the kids. Um So if and when they go ahead with a Defender season two, what should it be about? Punisher. I think we'll have to see what comes in the next few seasons and if um, Disney is still doing these shows on Netflix at that point. <laughs> I mean, they appear to be successful enough. I don't know why they would stop. Because Disney, Disney, wants, Disney wants to start their own streaming service. And Disney wants oh. all of them. They don't, they don't just want some of the money. They want all the money for their properties. And they mm-hmm. and I think that they have enough properties at this point. They can pretty much just handily run their own streaming service to rival Netflix. <laughs> Actually, they want to start three streaming services. One for Marvel, one for Star Wars, and one for everything else. <laughs> oh, also doing Star Wars streaming service just sounds like the worst idea. No, yeah. I, I I feel like that'll just end up being folded in because 
it gets associated to Disney more often than Marvel does. Like Disney is on all the branding and all of the toys and all the merchandise, whereas Marvel is still just you know, it doesn't have Disney's branding on it anywhere. Yeah. I, th- I think a Marvel streaming service sounds terrible too, because I mean <laughs> with that many shows, you know stuff is gonna get watered down. Yeah. Now, however, if it was just, you know, a streaming service that is just all the stuff Disney owns from, you know, Disney, from ABC, from all their movie divisions uh, in, uh, and all that, that could be su- successful. Uh, yeah, if it's a streaming service of their whole library, basically, like, that would be enough content to actually support a subscription model. Yeah, um, depending on the price. Now, of course, nobody actually knows if um, th- these shows are too tied into Netflix in terms of production and who owns what. Right. So, who knows? Like <laughs> for now, the... they're chugging along. Yes, we okay, may never Net- see these Netflix, again at some point. Netflix is several billion dollars in debt at this point, and Disney has all the money. Yeah. So, I think an agreement could probably be met. Oh, certainly. Um, At this point, um, though... um. Actually, I mean, they released the shows on their own as well through, you know, DVD, Blu-ray. You can buy them on iTunes. Usually, like a year after they come out on Netflix. Yeah, but I mean, for a lot of people, it's like, well, streaming or nothing. Yeah, because they have this bizarre concept of no, I don't want to actually own the things I own. Which, which, which I do not understand at all. Like, I, I seriously need to start picking up Blu-rays of these series because they're not going to stream yeah. forever. Right. No, they're not. No. Uh, and um, But the fact that they are doing that shows that there is a separation. And, you know, some of these shows air on in, in other countries. There are, some, there are some of these shows that, like, Netflix has licensed that air on t- t- TV channels instead of on Netflix. Hmm. Um, so... I don't know. Not necessarily these. Um, but... But some of stuff. It, Netflix is starting going to run into a problem very soon. <laughs> As more and more cha- uh, you know, content makers start to realize, hey, wait a second, we don't want to be paying them. Um, that Just licensing everything isn't going to work. <laughs> right. At well, a certain when point. The, when one of the wannabe start your own streaming services crashes and burns, and I'm guessing it'll be CBS... <laughs> then things will start to fade a bit. Well, I mean, CBS All Access has been going on for actually a long time. It's just that nobody's really paid attention to it until they've made Star Trek exclusive to yeah. it. Nobody ever heard of it until they said, hey, this is the only way you can watch the new Star Trek series. Isn't CBS but... All Access part of how they distribute their sports coverage? I don't know. Because if, if so, like that's the audience that they've been living off of, basically. Because otherwise, if it's just reruns of, like, uh, Diagnosis Murder, you know, that, well, that, think, audience think, is, that audience is close to dying anyway. I mean, it, it has all of, of their age. current... It has all of their current season shows. I mean... Which just makes it sound like a bad knockoff of Hulu. I mean... Well, yeah, except Hulu doesn't have oh, CBS. It doesn't have current season <laughs> no, but, shows. No, but Hulu I think has... Hulu is probably fine with that. Hulu has current season shows from a lot of the other networks. Yeah, but they've also been losing them left. They've also been losing stuff left and right. Yeah, well, Hulu's going to die in a year or two for sure. But like, uh-huh. the <laughs> point is, like, having one network with just their catalog of this season's shows 
Uh, you know, unless you're something like HBO that has mm-hmm. super popular stuff everybody wants to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not CBS. No. What was the last CBS show you remember watching and enjoying? Uh, Elementary. But I haven't seen it in a few seasons. <laughs> um, there's one show on CBS I can think of that I actually still am interested in, which is Madam Secretary, the uh, Taleone political show. Which didn't is actually really know. good. I didn't even know that existed, to be honest with I've you. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It's going into its third or fourth season Gosh. in October. It shows you how much attention I pay to CBS. Exactly. America's most watched. America's Most Watched Network. (laughs) (laughs) What were we talking about again? Uh, What would they do for Defender Season 2? I think, like I said, I think we have to see what the, what, you know, Punisher and Daredevil Season 3 and so on and so forth kind of set up first. Okay, if I'm... Well, it's kind of obvious what they're setting up for Daredevil Season 3. Well, yeah. Surprise! Uh, Spoilers! That name is his mom. (laughs) If I was just to, you know, blue sky for Defender Season 2, I want it to be the return of Kingpin. Oh, of course. Yeah. Everyone wants that. He should and, have been in this series, damn it. And in that case, you need to fold Punisher in, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's which, almost the given. Which I could kind of see as Defenders 2 being, you know, a three-sided confrontation between, you know, the Defenders and the Punisher and Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Well, you know, because like the other best thing about Daredevil season two are like the two episodes with Fisk in it. Yes, which are also fairly you know heavy on the Frank. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you'd have to you'd you would have to you would have to have Fisk if yeah if you have Frank in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could go for that. Yeah. I mean, we need to have this Fisk come back into a show, like, big time. He's just yeah. too good to not have around again. Yeah. He's like the only good Marvel villain that's still alive. <laughs> Does Loki still count? They keep, they keep trying to make him a protagonist. <laughs> I'm going to say after no. Three comes out. <laughs> I kind of wonder what they're going to do for Jessica Jones season two. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the thing about these characters. I don't know enough about any of their comics to even hazard a guess as to what's coming. Well, see, well me, I, me, me either, but that's one of the things that makes me like them. I, I have seen some. Yes, set... I can still be surprised. <laughs> I, have, I have seen some set photos from Jessica Jones season two, and that does raise questions. Oh, yeah, because um, David Tennant is in those fo- is in those set photos. Flashbacks? Oh, uh, flashbacks, uh, probably. Flashbacks, or she's going crazy. <laughs> Who knows? Same difference. A, could be a, a Arkham Knight situation. I mean, you know, you have flashbacks when you have PTSD, which happens. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, speaking of, we still have Nuke. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. I I I I only care about. If he comes back, if he comes, you know, with the full face paint and everything. And a crew cut just, this time. Just, comple- just completely ripped. <laughs> I think all of these things are possible. <laughs> Nuke versus the Punisher. Oh. Okay, yeah. I, I, I want <laughs> that. Shit. 
<laughs> yeah, let's not have Nuke show up in Jessica Jones season two. Let's have him show up for a couple episodes of Punisher. And then never again, because he'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing about the Punisher series is like you, you, they can't put anybody in there that's not expendable as the antagonist. It's really a shame that Punisher takes place after the hand is all taken apart and can't, uh, you know, revive themselves anymore. Because, like, it would have just been the best thing to have an arc of the Punisher be, like, he's killing all these ninjas, and then the next day they're all just back up and on their feet. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> God, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> then you just get this montage of him killing the same five guys over and over again. <laughs> The, the Punisher is why they ran out of the substance to resurrect themselves. <laughs> In more and more elaborate ways. <laughs> or or Even like, just has like this Rube, Rube Goldberg machine of murder. No, I'm thinking like as it goes along, it gets less elaborate. Oh, God. He just, just finally just beats one head in with a crowbar and walks off. Yeah, something like that. He's running out of imagination at that point. Oh, that's, that's why he has the sledgehammer in the trailer. <laughs> See, we should totally be writing these shows. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, I guess Sigourney Weaver really didn't have that much of an impact on the show, considering how little we've talked about her besides her wardrobe. Exactly. Yeah. No, she was literally there just because they wanted somebody for Electra to turn on, and they didn't want to kill Madame Gallo yet. Yeah, and it's like, it, it's a shame, because, like, didn't again... Didn't at the ending anyway? I, no, yeah. she, it, you, you saw Madame Gallo walk off. She's she, alive. She, She's yeah. totally She was alive. down there. She was down there, but so was Matt Murdock, and he survived. Spoilers. So. Yeah, I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna guess and say who do you think pulled Matt out of there? Oh, Electra. Shit. Maybe. No, I'm hoping she's dead again. <laughs> Hilarious! It was Matt. No, <laughs> no, no chance. Oh, I, just, I just don't. I just, I just don't want her to be in season three. That's 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 just wishful. Okay, thinking. so Daredevil <laughs> season three is going to be all about Matt trying to find Electra. Well, if she's not in it, that you know wouldn't be as bad, would it? Oh no, I'm sure she'll yes. probably still be like half the season. It'll just be her trying to not be found by Matt. Uh, uh, in and, despite and worst, how I sound, I really did enjoy Electra more in this. And the it's worst just, part is, for Daredevil season probably, three, we're not going to have Stick show up ever ever again. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, kind of. I mean, he was running at peak asshole in Defenders, and like... Yeah, I don't think he can top, top that, really. No, he can't top that, and at the same time, I think, like, they've used him up. Yeah. Like, he can't keep coming in and being the save the day and or explain everything guy every yeah. time. And they they never even did use Stone at all, despite showing him in... It was the end of season one, I think? It's like the middle of season one. Um. Yeah, there, there, there's a few things from season one of Daredevil that just kind of went a little sideways uh -huh. in places. <laughs> like, obvious foreshadowing that they was like, eh, you know what, never mind. I mean, that's kind of just the nature of, you know, crafting a larger ongoing narrative. Some of the stuff just yeah. doesn't fit in as you go forward anymore. Yeah. Still remembering a bunch of plot threads that are left dangling from the other series, too. Yeah, but no, I mean, some of that stuff can be have, picked they, up in their subsequent seasons. They have they have seasons coming up, so that'll be fine. I'm really looking forward to a new season of Luke Cage, you know, for the Shades and Mariah part of it. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned her briefly here, and I almost got excited, and then I was like, oh, no, she's not going to show up at all. 
No, they can't afford that. <laughs> Not with all these other people. No. The other thing they haven't still fully explored is uh, Reva, Luke's wife. I think they're probably done with that, actually. Yeah, I think I actually I think, think they, they wrapped are. that up in the first season. Yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, she was part of this experiment. Okay, she was kind of a terrible person. Luke's not that upset anymore that she's dead. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was Luke's journey to make in his show, finding out that his wife or whatever she was, were they actually married? Uh, yes. I got that okay. impression, yeah. Um, you know, finding out that she was not at all the person he thought she was, etc., and having to come to terms with that and move on with who he was. Meanwhile, Jessica has no idea. <laughs> Oh yeah, he he probably could have mentioned that, huh? <laughs> well, it's like, not, yeah. well, it's not being important to him, so it shouldn't matter to her anymore either. It's, you know, just even though it probably is a natural line of thought. Well, Jessica seemed to be most worried about that time she shot him in the face. Well, I mean, you she know. did shoot him in the face. Yeah, uh, I guess you know I could see how one could hold a grudge about that. I suppose <laughs> with a shotgun, point blank range. Well, gotta make sure you don't miss. Well, yeah. You got that spread on there. Yeah. I'm sure they can just discuss it over coffee. <laughs> no, no, he switched to Cuban lately. <laughs> Cuban or Puerto Rican, I forget. Cuban, I think. I don't remember for sure now, and I'm worried about it. <laughs> Accidentally racially insensitive. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, just saying I'm trying I'm trying to remember the exact the exact uh coffee metaphor. I think it was Cuban blend. I mean, it was the first place I went, so that is probably correct because it's impossible for both of us to be wrong. It's just like a law of nature. Yeah. Well, I'm sure our listener will write in and correct us on Twitter. So is it weird that Colleen is the only defender who hasn't slept with Luke Cage? Yet. Ah. <laughs> Actually, I have an answer for you. You're both right. Oh? Uh-huh. How her, that... mother is, her mother is of Puerto Rican and Afro-Cuban descent. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay, then. I guess that gets us off the hook. <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> also, uh, Paladin, I'm pretty sure Luke Cage and uh, Matt Murdock haven't slept together. Yet. <laughs> Give him time. <laughs> so yeah, do we have anything else to cover on Defenders? Uh, I kind of hate the ending. Which part? The, the, uh, the, the, fact... The, fact, the fact that the building collapsing on top of the um, fragile... Um, fossils somehow sets everything right or no, I, I, i'm thinking that matt's dead <laughs> no i'm thinking more of the fact that they blew up a building in the middle of a city and it's just all waved off and be like oh well the cops didn't file any paperwork so you know no charges are being pressed yeah i didn't quite um yeah seems a little too easy uh, building was blown up you don't think anybody's gonna get on the cops case for not filing paperwork on that well, I assume they filed paperwork on the building coming down, just not on the, you know, four or five people who were involved in that happening. Like, one of them literally at one point says, if we do this, we'll be terrorists, and then there's nothing happens. Yes. 
Yes. Like they blew up a building with C4. They were surrounded by police officers and nobody was arrested for this. They stole the C4 from the police impound. Good job, Colleen. Somehow, somehow Misty is still going to have her job. <laughs> oh, no, she'll probably quit because, you know, after losing her arm, they put her on a desk. <laughs> and fuck that. Well, I mean, to start, to start with, to start with, she should not have a job. <laughs> At minimum. <laughs> yeah, and then by the end of Luke Cage Season 2, it needs to be uh, her and Luke and Danny doing the Heroes for Hire thing. It's perfect. Yeah. If it's Luke Cage Season 2, her arm needs to be hammer tech. <laughs> but then she'd just punch herself in the face all the time. <laughs> There was one. There was one of these shows that that mentioned Hammer Industries. Or used it was to Luke Cage. Point. It was Luke Cage, right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, goofy weapons they broke out in the back half of the season were Hammer Tech, right? You're I did like, it. which would explain like why it. Diamondback's suit malfunctioned. Yeah. That, wow. Wait. <laughs> why did we not come upon that when we did Luke Cage? I think we did actually. <laughs> did we? If not, Shit. I meant to. <laughs> I'm sure we acknowledged the presence of Hammer Tech. We did. Uh, we we did at length. Uh, <laughs> and then we also, uh, you know, were speculating on Missy losing her arm and saying that, you know, have that be like a Stark Industries thing. <laughs> the prosthetic. <laughs> Just for balance. Yeah, maybe, maybe, we should, maybe we shouldn't wish Hammer Tech upon her or else she'll... She'll punch herself her in the arm. face! <laughs> You know, okay, just like, so, uh, just like if you had a hammer tech uh, prosthetic leg, you'd end up walking off a pier or something. Or, you know, kicking your own ass, whatever. One thing that did bother me was, okay, so the police took all their, you know, close friends and loved ones and put them all in the same place. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Patsy saw... Daredevil fighting alongside Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. They all saw Matt Murdock hang out with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Matt Murdock disappeared from the police station. Mm -hmm. He was, he was kidnapped. And Jessica Jones. They saw Matt's friends brought into the police station. He was how kidnapped. Is, how is nobody going to figure out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil at this point? Honestly, didn't Foggy say something like that towards the end? Pretty much, yeah. I think he did. That the police brought, were like he, a half a step away from putting two and two together. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he brought him the suit to put back on and make it even more glaringly obvious. No, Matt was kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he said that towards the aftermath or something. I could have sworn. And honestly, this part might not matter in the long run if season three ends up being about, like, Kingpin outing him to everyone or something. I mean, that could happen. That is a comic plot. Yeah, and that would and it seems like they were hinting at it at the end of his uh, season two. There, true. He did threaten to ruin their lives, and he was starting to put it together. And that would ruin Augie's career and get him lose him his cushy job. So yeah, mm -hmm. it would ruin everybody's life. So so that sounds like something they would do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lose Karen her job too. I mean, Karen's going to be hanging out with fr with Frank for 13 episodes. How do you think that's going to end up with her <laughs> by the time she gets back to season 3? So provided she's still alive for Daredevil Season 3. <laughs> yeah. Or she's just not wanted for another murder. Or Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's never really come back up, has it? Like, they made allusions to that in Season 2. 
but it yeah, never like it's really still, materialized. It's still, it's still haunting her. I think that's part of it. She didn't seem very haunted her. in the Defenders. No, but they, well, they really, didn't have time to write that in. They didn't have time to write that in. But no, it was definitely a part of season two. Just subtly, all those times that Matt was like, you know, you know, it was like you know, he's a completely, you know, uh, he can't forgive a murderer could, or something could, like yeah, that. Could, <laughs> couldn't he still be a good person even though he's you know done these things? And like, nope. nope. <laughs> and she's like, Subtle. she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> to kill more people. No, I did like a screen cap compilation of one of the like really good points in there where they made the allusion to that. I'm trying to find where that was, but I can't remember when that happened. When was season two? Uh, 2015. After right? season one. Yeah, 2015. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, Damn, that was March wow. 2015. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go back a little further. I'm sure it's here somewhere. <laughs> this is of, you know, utmost importance to the show. <laughs> good, good podcasting. Oh, yeah. Uh, only the best. Uh, hmm. Maybe I put it somewhere else. I can't seem to find it. Curses foiled again. All right, so have we covered all the characters? Pretty much. And then some, because we still had to talk about Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, all the characters and Danny. Um, <laughs> Who just shows up in a fucking tracksuit at the end of the series for some reason. <sighs> they could have they they made that work. Just, just had, him in, had him in a mask. Come on, just do it. They still can't give him the damn costume. Yeah, he, he could have taken Jessica's scarf. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. Man. Daredevil looked really out of place standing next to other people. Oh, my God. Like, it, you don't, it, you don't but, notice it nearly as much when it's just him. But, I thought that was kind of great, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> They're having this really serious conversation, and there's this guy in this cosplay outfit. That that was probably my favorite line. He At, at the end, he steps in the frame and just goes, well, there it is again. Yeah. <laughs> nice ears. They, they're they're horns. horns. <laughs> At least it's not spandex. At least. Yeah. Oh god, I'm still remember the Ben Affleck costume now. Thanks. <sighs> good. Good. <laughs> That's not the worst costume in Justice League. No, that would be the Flash. Oh no, I'm talking about the. And that's like Daredevil costume. Right. All that leather. Uh, it might actually look better than the Flash now. Uh, let's see. So I couldn't find Watch. the uh, Daredevil thing, but I did find something else vaguely amusing. Vaguely amusing. Okay, what's that from? That's a uh, drive type trider on with googly eyes, uh, eyebrows, and a top hat. What the fuck? And a monocle, it looks. Why? Uh, well, because at the time it was uh, looking kind of like an angry Muppet, so I just took that to its natural conclusion. Well, I mean, considering that, um, considering that you know his belt is sentient, I guess an angry Muppet is is appropriate. <laughs> 
Is an angry Muppet ever really appropriate? I don't know. Ask Oscar the Grouch. He's not angry. He's just antisocial. Yeah, he's pretty angry. I find him entirely relatable. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) You figure if anybody would relate to Oscar the Grouch, it's Paladin, because, I mean, they both live in Detroit. I mean, trash cans. I mean, wait, sorry. Same difference. Oscar's trash can isn't on fire, though. Yet. Is that a threat? All that Muppet shit is flammable anyway. That's just sad. Who would set a Muppet on fire? What kind of horrible person? Paladin. Well, it depends on the Muppet. If it's like from that awful Wizard of Oz movie, I'd gladly set them on fire. No, I'm talking about like real Muppets. You know, Sesame Street and the Muppet Show and the good ones. I don't think I'd intentionally set most of them on fire, except maybe Elmo. Oh, no, definitely Elmo. <laughs> He's just got it coming. <laughs> this went places. <laughs> Indeed. What else could we talk about burning? Well, hmm. Oh, I found it. Now I'm just thinking of Mickey's Plays Master. <laughs> oh man, that is some that's that, that that's like some subtle just Yeah. That that's art. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, okay, I, that that's actually really great. <laughs> and it's not like those keeper compilations. I didn't even have to like change the context of this. This is just an accurate representation of the scene. Did you have to change the context of the Keeper compilations? Some, I don't know. Some, some things are presented in, you know, different sequences. <laughs> I lost track. I don't know if they ever went, you know, we tried to smooth that over. <laughs> I hope not. I kind of I kind of don't want to finish Dino Charge just because I like, you know. The Rangers what I ha- are worse than Keeper. The, the Rangers out Keeper, Keeper himself. Yeah, so I've never actually gone back and finished the uh, second half of Supercharge. I guess well, that out. Spo- not- spoilers. You know, Keeper, Keeper, you know, wiped out the dinosaurs. The Rangers actually destroyed the Earth. Oh, good. <laughs> good, good thing this, the secret power of the Dino Gems is actually time travel, so they can then set it all right. I'm kind of glad I didn't finish that. And then, and then dinosaurs never went extinct. So, yeah, terrible, terrible ending. What the fuck? I'm not sure what happened to the series, to be honest. I think there was some behind-the-scenes issues. Because you can definitely feel the writing quality decay. Yeah. The hell? What? Dinosaurs never went extinct? That seems like it's going to be a problem. Correct. um, You'd think so, wouldn't you? That would be a tremendous problem. Yes, the, the Amber Beach Dinosaur Museum... Uh, is the Amber Beach Dinosaur Zoo now. So, it's Jurassic Park. Nature finds a way. No, it's the Amber Beach Dinosaur Zoo. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm glad I didn't finish that now. Thanks. <laughs> that's going <laughs> to save me a few that's going to save me a few hours one day. <laughs> yeah, no Talon Ranger. Um, the the Rangers let Chase come up with the plan to defeat the bad guys, and it leads to the Earth being destroyed. 
that's, that's in character, though. <laughs> I mean, because, sure. <laughs> because because the Dino Charge Rangers are legitimately terrible people, and half of them are not very smart. And as it turns out, they are the most effective villains in Power Rangers history because they actually succeeded in destroying the Earth. Oh my god. And they killed Sledge and everyone who was with him. God. Even the Kill Rangers spared some people. No, no, no. It, it's magnificent. See, a, after they destroy the Earth and, and open up the time portal with the Energems, they go back in time to when Keeper Crash landed, so they get the Energems again. Wait, and then they, they straight up murder Fury. Like, wouldn't, the, wouldn't this just like destroy the Fury? Wouldn't that just like, like uh, cause the timeline to, you know, like kind of like implode on itself? Gets better. Oh, so better. <laughs> after they straight up just murder Fury, they then take over Sledge's ship and launch it into the sun. With, with all of the prisoners aboard, which would you know, one would guess includes Heckle, who was with the Power Rangers at that time, even though <sighs> he's not the Talon Ranger. And so after they, you know, incinerate a bunch of, you know, innocent prisoners being held, you know, forced to do things against their will by launching them into a star, <laughs> uh, which prevents the, you know, at the meteor shower from wiping out all life on the planet. Uh, Heckle's still there. Um, and he becomes the keeper of the dark... En- another keeper. He becomes keeper number two of the dark energem and sent back to his planet, which is now no longer destroyed. Uh, uh, and and Coda and Ivan go home. I, I'm, I'm really glad... I, 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 I'm really glad I didn't watch that. This sounds... Hearing it like this is much better than... It would have uh, been, you know, waiting the weeks out, trying it's to get, you know, pretty pirated encodes from Nickelodeon. <laughs> pretty magnificently bad to watch. I mean... Oh, oh and for the record, God. Heckle's planet is named Sentai 6. Yes. Yes, it is. The Kyoryuja Galaxy. What? What? Judd Lynn, I trusted you. I was a fool. We all um, I think I'm done with power. I I I've decided really recently. I'm just really done with Power Rangers in general. Oh, I'll check out. I'll check out the um, Q Ranger adaptation when that gets going, if it ever does. Maybe that's kind of interesting, just from a um, you know spectating area, because you know Bandai of America has a hand in its creation and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I'm not really like invested in Power Rangers itself anymore. I, I made it three episodes into Ninja Steel and it was painful to One watch. One more episode than That's, I did. I made it I made it three minutes into Ninja Steel. <laughs> and I realized I don't need to watch this. I didn't like Ninja. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I didn't really like Kyoryuger, but that first half of Dino Charge was great. No, but I can understand why people who like Kyoryuger like it. I cannot understand why anybody would, you know, stand up for an adventure. I'm not convinced Power Rangers could do a worse job with Q, with a Q Ranger right now. I'm very far behind on that, but I'm I was behind on basically everything, so it's not really a testament to everything I was watching. Q Ranger's not that uh, bad. Yeah, I I fell behind on. Years. I thought they were downplaying him. I I I. I Lucky did not really annoy me from the start, so that's not really necessarily a detriment. Him up again. 
He gets a power-up that lets him use all nine of their weapons at once. Well, I thought there were 12 of them now. There's only nine right. configurations on the weapon. Ah. They can only make nine weapons. It's, that's, you know, I, that doesn't really bother me too much. That's just kind of a, you know, marketing push thing. They do that kind of, they do that occasionally. The red gets all the, you know, cool power-ups. That's not necessarily, you know, always a detriment. Not always. Sometimes. Uh, so so out, of the, out of the 12 rangers, how many of them are either red or blue? Two reds. Two reds, two blues. Two blues. Mm. <laughs> so it's not a bad it's a, ratio. Two, and a purple. And orange. Purple and orange are like, excellent choices, always. But And the second blue is like 11 years old. I'd seen up to his introduction, like when he got his powers, and I was surprised at that point he did not annoy me at all, which is weird for a kid in Sentai. Yeah, no, will he, you be he's able pretty to much say fine. that about? Will you be able to say that about the Power Rangers adaptation, though? Oh, sweet, merciful Jesus! I keep hoping they'll bring Blake Foster back as a mentor for a season at some point. God, I didn't think about that though. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to get it. We're gonna have a Saban child actor. Maybe, maybe I don't not. Think, I don't think Blake Foster would work with them again. <laughs> no, and I don't think they. I don't think. I don't think they are willing to pay enough to make it worth. You know, a lot of people coming back for an extended period of time. No, not flying everybody out to New Zealand like that and paying them. No, no. Like, we want you to be in the show for like the entire series, but you're gonna have to fly down here and find your own accommodations. <laughs> There is supposed to be an anniversary episode next year, though. Oh, sweet Jesus. Because oh, we know how well the last one went. Yeah, you know, last... yesterday was the 24th anniversary. They had a, two whole seasons worth of it. So, what, uh, 24th anniversary of 16 good years? <laughs> Here or there. Not necessarily you, you all. Have, not necessarily all in sequence. Oh no, definitely not. No, not in not in sequence because I, I was purposely counting out Operation Overdrive. I would actually Good. say fifteen years because I don't like Ninja Storm either. Yeah, I'm not really but, a fan of Ninja Storm. Hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I don't see why Zio is so popular. I love Zio. Zio is a little bit boring. I will admit. I like the concept of it. Yeah, I, 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 especially as a kid. So this kind of got it does have that nostalgia factor. Yeah, I enjoyed it when I was you know younger and it was fresh. Uh, but going back to it later, it doesn't hold up as much. Not much of it does. Uh, like stuff, if they would, if they would have better. replaced, if they would have replaced Catherine Sutherland with literally any other Pink Ranger <laughs> ever, it would be my favorite series, probably. Well, you just have a particular problem with her. Yeah, she's boring. <laughs> no character at all. Turbo holds up better now than it felt like at the time it was on. The second half, I'm hoping you mean? Even the first half, kind of. Really? Yeah. The first well, half I, guess all... I guess Jason Diffin, Fra David Frank isn't there half the time, so that helps. The um, the first uh, half is also uh, shorter than it felt when it was first airing. Yeah, it's like right. 19 or 20 episodes, I think. If, if even, that. yeah. But actually, 
the the problem with Turbo is like the first ten episodes, I think, are really bad. Uh-huh. And then it actually picks up a little bit, and then the power transfer takes place like ten more episodes later, and it it's actually fine. Like they, when they, when you start to get into Phantom Ranger stuff, I actually really like it. Yeah, yeah. It it doesn't take it. It, it realizes what kind of source material it's working with, and you can do one of two things. You can either a just play it straight and ignore it, b do what Turbo did, or c do what uh, um RPM did. <laughs> I love RPM. Where it played it straight, but it still knew what it was working with. Yeah. RPM was such a weird, weird thing. That will never, never ever happen, happen again. again. It was miraculous. <laughs> I would have loved to see, like, Eddie Gazellian's full, you know, full run, but oh, sadly, they that should will bring never him happen. back again. They, Not the way he spends te- money. And, and teach him <laughs> what the word budget means. But, yes. <laughs> Just from, like, a storytelling perspective. Have him be a story consultant. Yes, don't put him in charge of the budget. <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, Eddie, we can't go do this. <laughs> this costs money. <laughs> this, is what, this, is, this is why we have Toei film all that stuff. No, just do it off the clock. It'll be fine. Sure. No, Eddie, the Power Rangers do not all need their own civilian cars. <laughs> oh, God. That has to have been where a lot of the budget went, didn't it? Probably. You had a, a Humvee, a I never, car. I, a, I never really thought about that because yeah. I, I was thinking more of the special effects and stuff, but then I was like, Oh, and and they shot a lot of original, fo- like a, more. I think well, more original footage than they use Sentai footage a lot of times. I mean, there was no Sentai footage in the opening episodes at all. No, there was not. Um, and then, and then once it shows up, you're like, oh, it's squished. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem starting with Overdrive. Yeah. Uh, because of course the Sentai started being in widescreen format that year, so Overdrive and Disney was like, no. Nah. Overdrive, Jungle Fury, and RPM all had to deal with that at various points when they couldn't, like, crop it effectively. It's basically any cockpit shot that shows all of them. Yeah, that was a big offender, especially in Overdrive, but most of Overdrive was an offender. Oh, that's something I would love to see Neo Saban drop, is the new cockpits and stupid cockpit power-up modes for no reason. Sell more toys. Okay, but... You can put toys on the shelf. Yeah, you can put toys on shelves and not even like you can like show it in the show one time. They did it yeah. all the time in MMPR with like shark cycles and all that crap. Well, uh, in in space all the toys had battleizers, but you only ever saw Andros is on the show. Right. Yes, and guess what I didn't mean, you... actually sell? <laughs> all that oh. stuff that wasn't on the show more than once. Well, guess what probably sold better now than it does today though. Well, yeah, I mean, even stuff that's in the show regularly doesn't sell anymore. Yeah, exactly. So why bother putting it in the show? Just crap Samurai out had really wrong. Use your imagination. Samurai had really strong toy sales, and that kind of gave them a false impression, I think. Now they don't even make stuff that makes sense. Like, why do they have a ninja chainsaw sword in the cockpit? Because yeah. it's awesome. I, I, I think one thing that would, like, help in terms of just, like, attention span... Is because they shoot all these shows like all at once, but they stretch them out so far. Like, 
Yeah, if you watch seven episodes and then don't get a new episode for four months. Like, you can do, they can do more than 20 episodes a year. Most of the work is done for them. They used to do it on a much tighter budget. They I, can do it. I think they do 20 episodes a year because that is specifically what Nickelodeon wants. Yeah. Right. It yeah, is. that's true. That's also that's also a problem. And Nickelodeon would much rather would much rather push their own, you know, the stuff that they own outright. And besides which, um, if they you know parted ways with Nickelodeon, where are they going to go? Netflix. I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to find out. If they go to yeah. Netflix, though, you would get thirteen episodes for one year, probably. If they were of better oh God, quality, I, just thinking, I would be fine with that. <laughs> um, I don't think it would be um, for a particular reason that I won't. Blah blah, pretty cure. Yes. Let's take a fifty-episode series and chop twenty episodes out of it. <laughs> Let's just cram three episodes into one. Well, it worked for Sailor Moon. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it works less well here by a country mile. I'll always have nostalgia for the original adaptation of Sailor Moon. I'm just glad it got a good dub, finally. Same with the hideous dub of Ronin Warriors. Now that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing because it's a hideous dub, and yet... In, in spite, it's uncut. In in yeah, and they, they, they made one little plot change for marketing reasons, and then oh, yeah. everything else is there. They made one plot change for marketing reasons, but besides the one or two times they actually tried to, like, force it in the dialogue, you could tell mm -hmm. it wasn't actually what was going on in the show. Right. Like, no, that is still just uh, Ryo wearing the Inferno armor. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, even me at 10 years old, like, no, that doesn't make any sense. That's just him. Yes. That was my first anime. Um, me too, probably. I don't remember the yeah. first time I watched Sailor Moon. I mean, I probably saw an episode of Sailor Moon or an episode Actually, of Street that Race wasn't, beforehand. that was not my but first anime, come to think Run of it. Warner Warriors was the first anime I watched through, uh, like, so religiously. So, in the late 80s on Nickelodeon, there was some show about a girl with two stuffed pandas that were actually alive. Oh, I keep forgetting that's an anime. Yeah. Okay, never mind, that's mine too. Yeah, so... <laughs> The whistles? Yeah, something like that. So that's a thing, you know. No, the first anime that you remember watching and knowing that it was an anime, yeah, probably Running Warriors. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it was so obviously Japanese. I was like, ah, oh, this is interesting. I haven't seen anything like this before. Yeah, again, that was just, it. Was a really weird thing because they did not try to like eliminate the Japaneseiness of it. No, they 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 said kill and die and. Well, I mean, uh, they also didn't try to like pretend it wasn't taking place in and around Japan. Right. Yeah, they, you know. they didn't. They didn't Voltron it. There was blood. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, first run syndication, sure, but still, it's yeah. it's remarkable that it came through well, for, like uncut, completely uncut. Well, where I was, it aired like the half hour before Fox Kids block started. In the middle so, of the day. Yeah, in the middle of the day, right after school. <laughs> um, around here it aired at like 9 or 9.30 in the morning something like that um, like around the same time we got ExoSquad too mm. I miss ExoSquad <gasps> lots of people do 
Yeah, I would like. I don't know who owns Exo Squad anymore because, like, I'd heard that Playmates may have let somebody buy the uh, rights to at least like the toy stuff off of them years ago. I would really like to see Mega Bloks pick that up and God. revive Exo Squad as a building system because, like, they have designs for exosuit stuff in their Halo line. It wouldn't be a far leap, and the little uh, Mega Bloks figures are perfect for that purpose. Oh, mm-hmm. these little Mega these little Mega Bloks figures are magnificent. I had never messed with any, but when I saw the card and the board, <laughs> like I, I had to, and now I just want more. Yeah, and Mickey was a little bit inaccurate with what he was saying. Like he says that comes with extra parts to uh, Borgify Picard, but it's actually just to. If you get a lot of Borg drones, you can make them look different, because all you can really do with Picard is put the eyepiece on him. Well, they do pop apart, so you could technically Borgify Picard if you really wanted to. Yeah, but it's not really the way Mickey was presenting it. Yeah. It it really is just to vary up for troop building if you're wanting to do that with them, Mm. which I really appreciate that. That's like a... A cool thing, even having like the reverse direction uh, eyepiece if you don't want them to all have eyepieces on the right side. Yeah. No, these the Mega Bloks figures, since they went universally, uh, well, universally among the collector lines to the superposable body, are, they are just fabulous little action figures, and I kind of want everything to have a Mega Bloks version. Yeah. I want G.I. Joe Mega Bloks. I want G.I. Joe Mega Blocks. I want more Power Rangers Mega Blocks. On the collector like, body, though. Because the yeah. Power Ranger Mega Blocks still use the simplified bodies. Yeah, but yeah, put them on the good body and give them some freaking Zord building sets. I mean, yeah. how hard is that? Well, difficult enough to not overcome whatever licensing agreements they have, I guess. Well, I mean, I they, they, they have figures already, you know, just... So even the uh, Halo and Call of Duty bodies and the Assassin's Creed ones, which are not really made anymore, I don't think, are all a little bit different from each other. So it's not like they're using one universal body type. Um, yeah. uh, Picard is very close to being an Assassin's Creed style body. Uh, you can tell because it's got the uh, peg hole on the head, which on the Assassin's Creed figures, um, like all the hair pieces come off, the hats come off, all of that's interchangeable and customizable. The Assassin's Creed figures also started the thing where instead of painting pupils in the eyes, there is just a little hole there to uh, do the same thing, which apparently is easier for them to get an accurate alignment on the eyes than trying to paint them. I didn't even notice that until now. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. It is a little bit, but it's effective. Yeah. Yeah, no, they just stick a needle in the eyes. It's fine. <laughs> well, the board did that to him already, so I mean. Yeah. So, uh, did we finish talking about the Defenders? A while ago, I thought. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. We There's really not as much to talk about as I thought there would. It's a, it's a short season. Episodes. It was, yeah, it's a short season. Uh, Big Dragon Skeleton under New York was kind of awesome. I really like that. Yeah. It was kind of like just just a right amount of hokey comic book as opposed to Diamondback. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, um, Luke Cage achieved peak hokey comic book when um, Cottonmouth appeared on the roof of that building with the rocket launcher. 
That was great, though. Yes, no, that's what I'm saying. That was peak hokey comic book because that was the point where it was exactly right. And then it hit low point when Diamondback showed up in his outfit. (sighs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, there's not as much to talk about with the Defenders because, for the most part, it was just really good and there's not really a lot to nitpick on. Except for the fact that, you know, nobody was charged with domestic terrorism and they all just kind of walked away. You know? That's fine. It's fine. No no papers were filed. <laughs> God. Ah, <laughs> oh, that makes my head hurt. <laughs> oh, you just destroyed this building in Manhattan, but the city's not pressing charges. It's fine. <laughs> well, they've got a bunch of, uh, you know, dead ninjas hanging around they can blame it on. It's it, it, It's cool. These people are responsible. They got caught in the blast. It's all all taken care of. It's all sewn up. Like Misty's arm. <laughs> Been trying to work that in there for a couple minutes. <laughs> okay, so I guess that's our podcast about the Defenders and also apparently Power Rangers and a little bit of Mega Bloks. Kind of hit all our bases. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't we are be a, professionals. It wouldn't be a superhero time without going completely off the rails. Twice. 